Renee Loves. Welcome to the Victorious You podcast. I'm your host, Isabel von Fallois. I'm a practical mystic, a best-selling author, the founder of the Angel Life Coach Training, the Isis Angel Healing, Magdalene Healing, and so much more. After surviving life-threatening leukemia with the help of the angels, I'm here to remind you that miracles are possible always and everywhere. Alone and together with amazing and inspiring guests, we will talk about all things spiritual and so much more. I'm here to empower you on your path of healing and spiritual awakening and to become the most victorious you. Enjoy! Hey loves! Welcome to a new episode of Victorious You. You have no idea how happy, how grateful and how blessed I feel that this is already the 11th episode. Isn't that amazing? And thank you all so much for listening and for writing me incredible testimonials and... You know, I appreciate that so much. It truly means the world to me because this podcast is truly a project from deep within my heart. And today I'm especially grateful to present you another incredible woman. It is Pritam Siri from Rama Yoga New York. She is an artist, a yogi, and the lead teacher and director at Rama in New York. And we know each other through Guru Jagat. And our connection deepened immensely during the last days of Guru Jagat on this planet as we were in contact during these last days and hours and we haven't ever seen each other in this lifetime and so we both were very touched to finally meet via screen so it is a very deep conversation of two kindred souls i would say and uh, we go deep into the themes of spiritual practice, of Kundalini Yoga, also about Mary Magdalene, Jesus Christ. It is truly a deep, deep conversation, which I loved immensely. And I hope you enjoyed as much as I did, as we did. So now enjoy listening. Satnam and hello, dear Pritam Siri. I'm so happy and so honored to have you on Victorious You. Thank you so much for saying yes to this interview. I'm so happy and honored to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, I love the name of your podcast. <laughs> and you can imagine it is, yeah, it has to do with Kundalini Yoga and of course my life story. And I thought everybody should, victorious, should be victorious in this lifetime we need that on the planet and 
So you are such a victorious person too. And I really would love you to tell us a little bit about your story. I just share, I got to know you through my dearest friend, Guru Jagat. And I always admired you because I saw you leading uh, Rama New York for so many years already when she was still here on the planet. But we just had all the time chattings, but never talked in person. And so I'm so, so happy to finally talk to you personally. I really am very, very touched to see you. I know the thing about the time in, in which we've connected is that uh, I feel like I know you very well, right? And you probably feel like you know me and this <laughs> happened a lot. Yes. <laughs> During the, you know, 2020 and post time, I got so we have has had such connected experiences and such heart opening experiences together. And yet we don't, you know, technically know each other, but we, of course, know each other. So, of course, <laughs> uh, and probably not only from this lifetime, this is another kind of connection, because if you feel like that, when you just type messages to someone, It's very special, I think, and you don't have it with every single person you write messages to, right? Exactly. Well, um, my story, um, I think, that pertains to this moment is that uh, I discovered, a, well, I googled spiritual yoga some point in like 2017 or 2016. Okay. I was working out a lot. I was I was in really good shape and I was doing hot yoga and stuff. And I sort of had this thought, isn't yoga supposed to be spiritual? And I Googled spiritual yoga and I found a Kundalini center where I was living in Nashville, Tennessee. And then I went there and I had an instant um, experience. I was also really cocky because I saw a bunch of middle-aged women and I thought, oh, this is going to be a joke, you know. And then they were doing all these postures that I couldn't do. And I was <laughs> like, what is happening? And then, you know, my heart opened and the teacher was like, oh, your heart, you know, your heart opened because I was spontaneously laughing, uh, which you either laugh or, or cry. And then it was still kind of, uh, it was still kind of weird, you know, Kundalini uh, yoga, which I teach is uh, a little uh, strange. And um, I some I stumbled through a friend of a friend upon uh, Guru Jagat online. And uh, it was, it was like, you know, I couldn't look away. I was so intrigued by how she how she spoke and related to the whole thing and then i ended up going to meet her at uh Kripalu, the um retreat center in massachusetts yeah and we had all these synchronistic weird experiences and then a couple months later i went to a training and then she walks in to the room and it was like hey good to see you move to venice i have a job for you <laughs> I was incredible like, so you started in venice Yeah, it was just, it was instant. Like we barely knew each other, but she knew we had to do something. So I moved across the country from uh, Tennessee to uh, Los Angeles and uh, started, you know, working and apprenticing and learning all sorts of things uh, under Guru Jagat and her teacher, Hadi Jeevan, and other great teachers, Tej, yeah. uh, in Los Angeles. And it was a very immersive and fast and beautiful set of years. That's incredible. Uh, so it it wasn't even so long that when you 
when you came into her life because I this I didn't know when you entered her space you know because she opened drama if I'm correctly informed it was 2013 right um might have been 2005 yeah yes yes I think so because when we last celebrated I think it was the eighth birthday in 2021 uh, if I and so so she had already been doing her online uh, Kundalini yoga and Rama Venice. And then you you came. This is amazing because I always saw you like connected to New York, but you started out in Venice. Yeah. And then at some point I was um, going to New York a lot to help, you know, curate things and work events and I was I was sort of the director of events and globally and all the Rama. So I was scheduling all these things in that way. And then at some point she said, pick a coast. And I said, Oh, okay, I'll go to New York, you know. <laughs> um, and the and the rest is is history. And at some point, um I had this feeling that I, you know, wanted to move back to Los Angeles yeah. right, right before she right before she passed away. Oh, um, I was like, I just feel like life is like short and somebody, you know, is going to die soon and I need to be around, um, my teachers. And I didn't think it was, it was her. And so, uh, and then it happened very quickly. And then the message was clear. You need to be in New York to, to run that ship. So if anyone's listening and is like, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> Rama, Rama Institute is this a great yogic, um, practice practice space and artistic space and creative space that Guru Jagat created online and in three locations in in the world. And um we've yeah, we're carrying this mantle forward of having this place of liberation and um, new artistic experiences for those who want to live in a basically in a free way. Yes. And I love this so much because in, in the world, our days, we need free spirits more than ever before, I think, because I, I, I see so many people under a cloud of, you know, all the subconscious stuff and Kundalini yoga is just such an incredible, incredible technology. And I mean, I think, you know, that I, I started doing Kundalini yoga in 2000, I think it was 2011 and I totally fell in love with it, but I was not totally into it until I heard Jesus Christ tell me, this is the tool. If you want to hold the highest light in your body, you need to become a crystalline vessel and Kundalini Yoga is the tool for it. That's, that's so beautiful. Um, You know, while you're on that subject, somebody was asking me on a couple of days ago, I taught a uh, Kundalini yogic science and the power of sex magic <laughs> workshop with oh, a friend. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with a friend, and um, it was it was amazing. She's a, a sex, you know, coach, teacher, and a Kundalini yogi, and so we like to teach together and sort of demystify the the realm of positive and healthy and fun sexual experiences. So we mentioned um, the Magdalene manuscript, and we mentioned. Mary Magdalene and Christ and that he did Kriyas to hold a certain energy in the body and that them working together helped him, you know, make such a positive impact on the planet that is everlasting. And some people were like, well, where's the proof? You know, because I've read that it's, 
you know, and I know there's several historians, but I'm curious if people approach you about that and how you relate to, you know, the history that is widely broadcasted versus the history that you know to be true. Yeah, it is what I I think or feel to be true is that a lot is missing about his story. And but there are people or were people all around the world who found pieces of that story. And for me, the the true proof, it might not be a proof for someone else, but for me, the true proof was when I had this near-death experience, when I was on the other side and I didn't want to come back because I had fighted for my life, fought for my life so much because of leukemia already. So I didn't want to come back. But he told me, it's your choice. If you want to stay in the Blue Ethers, it's fine. But if not, I tell you, your mission is not fulfilled. And in the in-between, before I came back to the planet, I saw the whole novel, which I should write, like a movie in light seconds. And then I was sitting in Maui and like writing, typing into my computer, the book. And it was always he who gave me the words. And all of a sudden, a Kundalini meditation landed in that book about him and Mary Magdalene. And I didn't know that meditation by that time. It was 2016. I was not really deep into Kundalini yoga. But I googled because I had the feeling this is a Kundalini meditation. And it was the seven wave satnam meditation. Exactly. You know, and then I asked him, you know, what is going on? Why do you tell me this? And for me, it was clear he would never give me a Kundalini meditation into a novel I shall write if it has not been practiced by him. This was for me so intense, this mm -hmm. moment. And I will never forget this moment. It was so, I, I had goosebumps all over my body and I just knew this is Kundalini Yoga. And it made no sense that he put it inside if he didn't know from his own experience how powerful it is. And for me, it was always clear the the miracles he he really yeah brought onto this planet were only possible because he had activated all the 10 bodies and because he had the most radiant body ever. I mean, you know what I mean? There are not so many people. I mean, the gurus, of course, but it's not so many people who had such an impact. And you can only have an impact for 2000 years. And also Mary Magdalene, if you had the most powerful radiant body, I think we are on the same page with that, right? Absolutely. Um, I was reading something yesterday when I was teaching, which uh, Yogi Bhajan, who brought Kundalini Yoga publicly out in the West, uh, he said, you know, they don't want everyone to do Kundalini Yoga because it'll make everyone a saint and that'll throw off the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, that's, and you know, there's actually not a lot of deep practitioners of Kundalini Yoga. So if everyone was sincerely going into it um, with that intention, uh, it probably would have a lot of, we'd have a lot of saints and we're, you know, we're getting there, but it's still kind of a surface level interaction. Um, we're looking to call in these deep practitioners to the planet to yeah. come forth and hold this with us. This frequency, because we mm -hmm. need we need a certain number of people, and it's interesting because the number seems not to be so high, 
but we need a certain number of people who have a very high practice or the high very high frequency to change the energy on this planet before it's not possible i mean i believe you know that we can create heaven on earth i totally believe in that but for that to happen we need a little bit more people to have this really deep practice what do you think well, I think that there's no labor without, um, there's no liberation without labor. Yes. You know, that saying there's no freedom, which is free and nobody wants to, <laughs> to put it, to put in the work. So it does, you know, it's not a magic pill. That's the, that's the kicker. And so, you know, I think you have to have probably multiple lifetimes of, of devotion to feel even called to go into a deep practice. But uh, I think that it's, it's possible to increase the number on the planet for sure. Of course, of course. And I think everybody who does it with a deep devotion and with an open heart is, is changing the frequency every single day, right? And I know. Like, yeah, being in New York City, um, where, I mean, we're literally, like, we're around the corner, basically, from Wall Street. Yeah. We're we this is a massive PowerPoint on the planet. And there we are, um, meditating and intentionally um using these sound codes to send them out into the waters around Manhattan so that they go around the waters that carry them around the planet. And uh the the Rama is like people people walk by, they don't know what it is. They people will be like, I've lived here forever. Did you just open? Like it's this weird kind of space of um, you know, it has this it has a warble to it, like it has such an energy field, because all we do there is meditate and practice, and you know, it has crystals and art that, you know, tankas that hold energy and all this stuff. So it's definitely a little a little portal and um people will not notice it for years and then someday they'll look up and say oh what is this i should i should come inside so i think as the sensitivity and the frequency raises on the planet um, more people will come yeah for right? sure and and doesn't it feel if you would say it like that it's like a portal but also a little bit like with harry potter you have to find the train i mean to enter into this Portable. That's what I was gonna say. It's like the room of what's first. It's the room of requirement for sure. First of all, um, and the size of it changes, yeah. and then whether it's visible or not. And it, the joke is like, can we just like market this place like a normal yoga studio? But no, it has to be all like, ooh, what's happening in there? Um, and that's one of my you know initiatives is to connect more with the just the walk people walking by and. You know, because they they say it just takes like one one moment can change your destiny, just one awesome. one slight one slight shift. Um, yeah, yeah. I've been meditating a lot recently on just how to relate to relate to the whole thing because it is very uh, it can be very, very intimidating for people just because we wear weird outfits and yeah. you know all this kind of. The New York is very. Um, I used to think New York was very superficial when I first came. And then a couple years in, I realized it's actually kind of, I mean, of course that exists. Yeah. But there is a certain drala, which I love this word, which Tibetan word, it technically means like beyond the enemy. But there's a yeah. certain re regalia mm -hmm. the re in fashion and design and art in New York City 
where people just want to be part of something that is a higher standard. And so if you have this like echelon of excellence and how you carry yourself and how you present yourself, you will be noticed. So it's not necessarily superficiality. It's just, um, you know, a certain, a, a certain, um, yeah, draw, draw of the way things are organized. So that's also what I'm working on in the space is having this really high standard of beauty and, and greatness so that the, those beings who are on that level are ready to enter, you know? This is so beautiful. And, and may I also ask you to talk a little about, about Bana, because you know so much about this energy, about how you carry your body, what you wear, how you present yourself. And I think this is also a big part in really creating the higher bodies in Kundalini Yoga, right? It's very, very important. Yeah, I found this teaching and I was so shocked when I found it. And it said, if you want to change your life, basically yogic teaching instantly, change the way you eat and change the way you dress. And I, you know, you think it's going to be like, oh, if you want to change your life, like do two hours of this meditation every day. It'll be, you know, I, but no, it wasn't, it wasn't a meditation. It was change the way you eat and change the way you dress. And so if you're looking to quantumly shift into a different, um, way of being that to hold the frequency of your future self or your dreams or whatever you're calling in obviously you know the way you eat that's a, that's a personal to you experience but i know that for myself and others um the bodies are changing and you're finding there's like sensitivities and things that you like and dislike in different ways as the frequency is raising and then the way you dress um, it, it, that's what I love. And that's, it's the drala. It's the, the drala of it all, which is like, you can carry yourself in a way I have, if you have your own regalia is the yogic teaching, nobody will mess with you. So if you, and you have to figure out what your regalia is. So bana is a word used to describe, um, you know, more religious garb. Mm-hmm. And um, which was originally used to uplift you so that you could be a lighthouse and, you know, have a certain cleanliness and people to have a certain respect for you and the, the, the way that you're living. And then this regalia is really in the Aquarian age. It's more like what makes you feel amazing? How, you know, what do you feel like a million bucks when you're wearing? How can you, you can literally quantum leap by you know, splurging on a couple pieces and then wearing them and then walking like the person that that wears only these kinds of things. You know what I mean? I just love, I love hacking the the system in that way and just treating yourself with such excellence of my body is sacred. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink this special drink and then wear this outfit. So um, it's just an exploration. I don't think people let themselves explore what makes them feel wonderful in terms of what they wear you know there's a lot of people wearing the same thing and this is trending so i'm going to do that or i look up to this person and they wear this and so i'm going to dress like them but uh also my teachers have encouraged me you know it's like don't be like so and so stop yes. don't mimic anyone you know even it's and it's hard with you have mentors you think you know, I'll, I'll just follow their lead. But the, the whole point is that they can initiate some originality in you. And if we can let ourselves experiment in how we present ourselves and how we dress and da-da-da, um, that uh, will 
increase your increase your frequency. And I used to think that I was um, a superficial as a child. My mom, you know, Capricorn, <laughs> Capricorn all the way. I was always caring so much about what I wore, and even when I was my first sentence, full sentence as a two year old was, "What is the forecast today?" Because I was. I was picking out my outfit, which was very important. <laughs> I love and, that. Uh, she was like, what is your deal? You know what I mean? But for me, it was a very, it was a spiritual experience. And I thought, you know, I don't think I'm superficial. Why does this matter so much to me? You know, and it's just, it's a, my personal way of of relating to things is the, the aesthetic of things very much matters. And I feel I I can totally change change my world, you know, if I adjust in this or that way does that make sense absolutely absolutely because you know what the angels always say we all should go to our wardrobes and look which clothes don't make us feel in our highest worth and we should throw them away i love that uh because there's all sorts of techniques and i'm about to clean house a bunch so i love that's a new one what make me feel in my highest way yeah because you know the and the point is it doesn't have to be the million bucks dress it can be also some beautiful yoga pants whatsoever which make you feel very very powerful very in your energy so it's not about the the, the worth of the garment or whatsoever but how you feel within that and within that color and and it's it's so interesting also when you go on on a journey and you you have to make your luggage or pack your luggage and you really go in front of of your uh, how do you say what how, how do you call that in english you know what i mean closet closet thank you so much excuse me uh, your closet and you just look what am I going to do on this journey and what will help me to feel in my highest verse in my high self-confidence and I love that you know and there are, I love two, that. There are two angels who you can ask for that and it's Archangel Jophia and Archangel Haniel and both have this more feminine energy to them and they really help you to go for beauty because beauty also opens our hearts. It's nothing superficial. And beauty also opens our hearts. That's important. That's yeah. I'm constantly trying to um, to quantify how I feel about this in ways that feel less than surface levels. So thank you for articulating that. Yeah, but it's true, isn't it? I mean, if we see beauty, maybe in art, maybe listening to beauty in music, whatsoever, seeing the incredible, beautiful flowers out there outside. I mean, beauty or a little child, which is totally innocent, the beauty of a, a, a baby or a little cat, a little dog, whatsoever, opens our heart, right? And it has nothing to do with superficially being superficial yeah absolutely and i love again that the angels say the same like the yogic teachings it's so it's so interesting because when i heard the angels telling this i was not yet into the kundalini yoga teachings and i love that so much and i see it always whenever i see a photo of you on instagram or on drama i love it because i really can feel this noble and royal energy and that you exactly know 
what you're wearing and why you are wearing it. You can see that in your aura. And I truly love to watch your pictures always. Thank you. I have a good photographer boyfriend, so that's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> that's true too, because he loves you, of course. And so he can find the right moment, but still you can see what is you. And of course you can see it's a great photographer, but it's not him. It's it's you. It's your beauty. It's your radiance. It's your aura. And I absolutely adore you. You have no idea. And I mean, just today we were talking, my husband and me, and you don't know him, but he also likes and loves and admires you and Seva Jagat so much because he's also teaching Kundalini Yoga and, and he really, yeah, he started everything when he met Guru Jagat in, in, on Mallorca in 2020 when we have been there for him, start a completely new life, changed his entire life being there being in her space, seeing her teaching this. And he's so deep into all the teachings. And I, he told me, if it's time to love to Pritam Siri and Seva Chagat, because he really admires both of you so much too. That's so sweet. It's very beautiful to also have these divine partnerships where you grow together and you, yeah. you know, yeah, that's such a blessing for you. And And you know what? What is so interesting? I never told you, but I saw you and I saw Seva Chagat and you were not together yet. And I saw your, your energies and um, I thought they would be the perfect couple. This would fit so perfectly. I hope they see it. <laughs> ah, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Thank you. And now it's already some years, right? You, how long are you together now? Yeah, but about three, little over three years. Yeah, that's so beautiful, and and it changes everything, right? If you have someone at your side who really walks on the same path and has, I don't say it is easy. Uh, every relationship has its challenges, but it's an incredible growth factor, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I'm so grateful for, for that. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, I need a, I need a yogi boyfriend or whatever. And before him, I was like, no yoga guys. No, no, no. I don't want the yoga guys. <laughs> and now I tell people, you know, you do not need a partner who, who does this. You just need someone who's at the frequency that, that they can receive you and grow with you. They're not afraid of your growth. They're accepting, you know, and someone of an intelligence to to understand what's what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, so just putting that out there for anyone who's, you know, you don't have to have the perfect yogi partner, um, but just somebody who is who's accepting and on their own path of growth can be really um, beautiful. Absolutely, and I think it's so important that we, even if we seem to be on a similar or the same path. I think we still have to be very, very, let's say, um, conscious not to push the other person somewhere where we want to have the other person. We always have to work on being individuals and leaving the other person the space, the room she or he needs to grow in her or his own way. This is what I think. We never should push someone even if we are in a relationship or especially when we are in a relationship. What do you think? 
this is the great work of the woman, right? We're so like, we just want to elevate and poke and provoke. Yeah. Uh, but the saying patience pays, I was just thinking yesterday, man, this is so, it's so true. You know, whatever you're going through with, if it's with a partner and you want them to do something they're not, or with the circumstances of your life, if you just keep up, yeah, you know, and um, do your personal growth practices and put one foot in front of the other, like patience always pays. They will always adjust. They will always grow. It always come back around because, yeah, I'm always coming back to the patience for that one. I love this. And I think patience is one of the greatest virtues we can have because when we have patience, it's also a sign that, that we truly trust in the process of life. Because if we have no patience, we are not trusting God or the universe. But if we are patient and we can be patient, we know something, however you want to call it, has our back. And everything will develop in divine time. And I think this is very, very important Because when we truly want to change the energy on this planet, we need to learn not to push to reach goals, but to magnetize them with our, our clients, with our energies, but not with our ego, egoic willpower. Because this we have done for many, many thousand years. And I think we really need to go into another space Uh, into more feminine space and I don't mean anything against men I love men but what do you think yeah this is very much part of the yogic teachings of this time on the planet is there's two ways to live you can hustle and you can go after things or you can let things come to you and I mean it doesn't I mean people misconstrue this but I think it's quite simple You know, it doesn't mean you're sitting on the couch all day. No, no. <laughs> it's just, sorry, everyone with the, you know, the, the they want to rest and all that. But it just means that, you know, you set your intentions and you have, you know, your prayers, if that is how you, how you relate to the universe. And then uh, you watch everything be handed in your lap because you're desiring and you're deserving, you know. You can't just desire, you have to deserve. And deserve means, you know, you labor a little bit, but you're not out there like reaching and reaching and reaching and reaching and and I'm not having, because yeah, like you said, I think it is a little bit of a lack of faith. It's a little bit uh, disrespectful to the divine flow yeah. of it all. Like, how could you not understand that if you simply enjoy your day and do what's in front of you, of course, Of course, everything will unfold gracefully as it should, but we get all we get all frantic about it and crazy <laughs> about it. But always come back to oh, of course, if I was if I was patient, um, everything is always gifted as you know to some yeah. extent as we wish. I know life circumstances can be um, come out of left field as they have for you and me and others, but patience pays. Yeah, I love that so much and. And um, I had to learn that through leukemia and I'm so, so, so grateful because this is one of the, I think, biggest teachings I learned through that. And always to know that you don't have to push for anything. 
because if you are in the right frequency, you will be at the right place in the right time and you will always meet the right people in the right moment and everything is open for you because we live in a field of infinite possibilities, but we need to be open to receive, right? Yeah, that's a huge, open to receive and then also letting ourselves dream dream big enough that I feel like I run into that a lot um with people they understand the technology they're doing the practice they haven't let themselves even consider you know what what their greatest dreams could be and how that that could come to fruition um so I feel like that's the other side of that coin too is that you have to start to vision your your destiny as you want it to an extent to call it in yeah Absolutely, absolutely. But I'm now I'm really curious because you were speaking about your event with your friend, also about the sex magic on another level. And if you want to, I would love you to talk about that because I think there are so many women listening who really could benefit from your wisdom about this and about what you want to talk about in this sense, because I love these teachings too. I know it's so it's so refreshing because somebody someone messaged me and said, "Oh, thank you so much." You know, people talking about conscious sex are so uptight about it, and we're just like joking and having fun, um, because there has to be a, a lightheartedness in it. Well, I on the sex magic, I don't really practice that as much in in what we would consider sex magic, but there are transcendental teachings around sexuality that I can share. And the one that I always start with that I could leave anything with if they're not already aware of is that sex is a relaxation. It's a relaxation. And most of the time when we're going into that act, that's not what we're thinking about, you know, it's especially we're thinking about, you know, like looking a certain way and, you know, especially for people who are having more casual encounters or they're, you know, they're not with their long-term partner. There's a lot of pressure and a lot of tension around, around this. And uh, for, in order for us to achieve, you know, uh, healing through this act yeah. and heart opening connection, there has to be a relaxation. And if you're in a woman's body, it's like hours of foreplay <laughs> is required to get you to relax. The teaching is like, woman should be completely out of her head. You know, then the neurotic loop of, oh, how did I look? And, oh, wait, I forgot to send that email. All the weird things you have going on while you're trying to, to do this. If you can, you know, touch and kiss and caress and massage so much so that there's no more room for the head and you can just feel in the body. That is really necessary for a woman. And then um, for men, there should, you know, you know, be sweat on the brow, like in a heteronormative uh, construct. If you're putting floor plate with the woman, you should be worn out, like sweating by the time that's done because they're working so hard to relax her. So um, the Kundalini can, you know, the rising of the Kundalini is very much like an orgasm. Yeah. And um, there's something called the bridge of seven constructions, which is the concept that you could achieve enlightenment in the act of sex. And we do want to hold that hold that thought. You can't have sex that's so shallow that it doesn't 
go on the Kashik records. You know, it doesn't even like record itself. That's that's a teaching. It's funny. Um, or you know, you can you can totally change, which we we believe that Mary Magdalene and, and Jesus Christ, as we know him, uh, used these technologies as she was in the Isis priestess. But many believe used these tools to strengthen his system so that he could hold a frequency and do what he needed to do on the planet. So if you have an opportunity to to be with somebody who also wants to heal and elevate through this act, um, it's very possible. And you can also call in um, this level of partners by um, relating to yourself in a different way. That comes up a lot too. You know, I've been hurt and betrayed and I'm getting attention from certain people, but they're not the caliber that I want. And, and um, I read, uh, I wish I could tell you who, who this is from, but I don't know. But this one um, guy was saying, you know, okay, for the women, write down all the qualities that you want in your significant other you're looking for, like everything. So, you know, they wrote down the long list, you know, women love the list. <laughs> they love the, like the specific list. Um, and everything okay this much money and this looks like this and behaves this way and values this and da, 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 da. And he's like okay you got your list they're like yes we have our list and he said okay now go be that I go be that so a lot oftentimes we're reaching for like what attracts us in others is a quality that hasn't actualized in us yet that we're longing for and so in the interim, this is really for speaking for those who are either dissatisfied in a current partnership or they haven't found their, their partner or they even want to elevate their current partner. They're fine, but they want to elevate them. Uh, just go be, be all of the things. Don't say anything. Just, just be. And suddenly, you know, they will be, you'll be so magnetically, so magnetically being that they they will walk right up to you and you'll oh this is my guy you know (laughs) that happened to one of my friends she said he just you know he just pulled in the driveway she was a real estate agent he was coming to look at the house he got out of the car and she said oh this is my guy you know and now the rest is history but it was like she knew she knew right away you know and everything's great and they have a baby and there can be that kind of alignment if you um work on your own self-nourishment that's so true that's so true and we again come back to the, the other famous quote by Gandhi, be the change you want to see in the world. And it's the same goes for a partner. If you want a certain partner, you have to be these qualities. Otherwise, you can't attract them or you can't hold them. If you only see what is not working in a relationship, the relationship will go down. But if you see, okay, there are some parts maybe in that moment not as easily working like maybe before or or you want them differently then you have to change you never shall change the partner it's always us we have to change if you want to reach something different in our surroundings i think this is so important for every relationship that we really don't expect something from the other person because expectations always ruin relationships on all levels, be it love relationships, friendships, business relationships. If you can see the person for what she or he or 
whatever she calls or he calls himself is and you really try to magnetize everything what is good about a person the person has an incredible possibility to change and the same with children if parents always think my child is not able to do this or this or that it it won't work but in the moment the mother changes her opinion about the child everything is possible you know i wish people could really grok invitation to everyone listening to really uh, consider that if that was actually true how could how could things change in my in my life you know who was incredible at this and i think the most powerful teachings that i've received are the relationship teachings that i learned from guru jagat um I mean, of all the, the yogic teachings, there's so many and they're amazing and they've changed my life and they've I've obsessed. I'm constantly still studying and learning, but the relationship teachings were absolutely mind-blowing. And one way that she, you know, lived was that everyone she in contacted, she just elevated. Yeah. And she in a way that I would like turn my head twice and be like, what you know she would you know everyone was like everyone was the greatest like this is one of the most prolific artists i've ever met i'm excited to share her work with you i'm like really <laughs> you know like i was like what here's the, the like everyone was just so like whatever they wanted to be she saw it and said oh my god you're so creative and i love you know just they're exalted it was like she saw their higher self and she spoke to that version yeah so there's the saying, you know, do you do not relate to the neurotic loop. So you can relate to somebody's exalted self, and she really would see it and then articulate it. And I would be like, I guess that is this person, but I didn't see. I wasn't looking at that part of them, you know, at that time. I was just thinking, oh, the whatever, whatever. You know, yeah, they have a side hobby of being creative or whatever. But she would just see in she would see their potentiality and their dream and speak it into existence for them because they didn't have the capacity to hold that yet for themselves. So that's like that. That's when it comes to like the elevation can be absolutely healing um, for you to call out some somebody's greatness in a way that they haven't let themselves even see for themselves yet you know what i mean totally totally just just to give you an example out of my own story because i also also always love to do it with artists you know because i always saw the potential before people knew um i don't know whether you are into classical music but uh, jonas kaufmann is the tenor in the opera world and I knew him because we started in the same high school of music in Munich and we're at the same age and so on. And when I saw him, I said, he's the one who will make the huge career. I just knew it. Everybody else thought, mm -hmm, yeah, yeah. So I went to competitions. There was a Brazilian pianist. He was very good looking. And first I had to really think, oh, no, don't think he plays well because he's looking like a Hollywood actor you know so I closed my eyes and I listened and I heard him play and I knew he's absolutely unique and I went to him and I said you will win this competition he said no no it no no way I said yes and in in one round he didn't play well and I said go practice now because I know when you play this piece of Schumann in the third round you will win do this go practice now with 17 years old he won 
And this was always what I did with artists before I went into the spiritual side. So I totally, I saw this with her and I love it so much because I always want to also uplift the people, you know, it's, it's so important because we need the artists in this world. We need them so immensely. And I just heard uh, Shiva Rose saying the famous quote of Stella Adler, the, the actor teacher that she said, if you want to be an artist on this planet, you have to have the skin of a rhinoceros and the soul of a rose. Mm. And that was... It's very... Excuse me. That was what Guru Jagat was doing. She gave the people the possibility to get stronger to become more like the rhinoceros so they were able to let the rose bloom that's so beautiful it's such deep spiritual work even the artists who are not oh don't identify as spiritual and you you can clearly we can clearly see okay they're literally a channel for the divine and everything is coming through them whether they acknowledge that or not it's such a deep um Deep, deep, deep work. Yeah. And that's a whole other, I know a lot of some yogis whose mission is to really um, bring, bring these teachings to that community so that they, there's less casualties and there's less um, mental health problems and all this stuff so that everyone has the, the thickness, the nervous system strength to, to create their art. And the, the same could be said for literally every sect of creation and society. It's yeah. like, just add kundalini yoga, like live your life and just add a little kundalini yoga yeah. and watch, watch it, watch it elevate and beautify everything. And you just mentioned the nervous system. And I really would love you to talk a little bit about that because I really think in our fast society and with more and more technology, uh, the nervous systems of the people are like on Hide, flight, freeze, fall. Um, it's really crazy. If you look, watch the nervous systems of people. And I know Kundalini Yoga is like the thing you can do to really strengthen your nervous system, right? Absolutely. That's why like when I went into that class in 2017 and I was physically very fit, that's why I couldn't do the postures because it was it was a nervous system training. And we have a similar experience you'll have you know mma fighters that's like the professional yeah. you know fighters in the united states they'll come to class or other like famous you know athletes and it, it's a struggle because it's a completely different a completely different thing so what i've been teaching about a lot recently and um working with and sort of meditating on also potentially creating some art around because the uh, pluto just you know did this transition into Aquarius after it's been in Capricorn for a very long time. And it's just a, more of an acceleration of this is the information age, this is the technological age, and as prophesized by the yogis, um, if, you're, if you do not raise in your neuron velocity and your caliber alongside the technology, there will be a massive mental health crisis, which we are totally seeing. It's kind of the silent pandemic, is that so many people know. I mean, if you would just survey your personal life relationships over the last four years and think to yourself, how are they doing? Yeah. It, you know, a lot of people are really 
who were totally stable and solid are having rumblings and, and difficulties in their life because um, not only, you know, we've been through a lot in many ways, but really the, the subconscious pressure and the technology as the AI emerges is only making it um, more uncomfortable for us. And as yogis, we're totally not afraid of it and we're excited to co-create with it. You know, I'm, I'm not um, off the grid living in a cave because I know I have to reach as many people as possible and, you know, participate and lean into things that I'm uncomfortable with, but it's part of the age that we live in. And it's actually on the flip side, a huge blessing. So to even consider participating in these ways where, you know, you're on social media and then you're on the zoom and then, you know, any, just being in the, in the planet right now, even if you're not using any of that stuff, you feel the effects yeah, uh, the nerves have to be stronger, and the Kundalini yoga—just three minutes a day, just a few things—will rewire the nervous system and heal the nervous system. And I'm—it's—it's it's hard to watch people who may be really fit, maybe they eat really well, they take the right supplements, they're spiritually conscious, but they don't have a practice that's like lubricating the endocrine system and strengthening the nervous system so that they can be relaxed and um, enjoy the nervous. It's like joy takes a nervous system strength. So I, you know, not only to be strong enough to handle your, your destiny mission, but to enjoy it. That's like the whole other level. That's a whole, a whole level. And it's a mark of, um, you know, a spiritually strong being that they have a sense of humor and that they can have joy like they always say it's like it's a red flag if you're like have a spiritual teacher who is not funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and just because I know um, we're running out of time, but I do you have one little thing which you would suggest people who are maybe new or just at the beginning of Kundalini Yoga, what they could do every single day to strengthen their nervous systems? Yeah, well, what comes to mind, because I think it's very simple, and I know a lot of people doing it, is that you wake up in the morning, and you know you do whatever you do, you get out of bed, you roll over, you plop onto the floor, and you do cat-cow. So you come onto your hands and your knees, and you inhale deep through the nose, head, neck, shoulders, sit bones up, hold the breath in, the heart is open, and the throat is open, you exhale and you curl the spine the opposite way, you tuck the chin in, all the breath out, and you keep moving this way for three minutes. You inhale up, you exhale down, you breathe deeply through the nose, you wake up the spine, you wake up the breath. It's not casual, it's a deep intentional breath, and you do three minutes of this with the eyes closed, and you're moving the neck, you're refreshing the brain, the whole endocrine system resets in three minutes. And when three minutes are done, you take one deep breath in and you hold the breath open with the heart open and the head up the whole time you're on your hands and your knees. And then you exhale under and you relax down. You can find videos of this on the internet, but it's a very simple, powerful practice. And, um, you know, in other lineages of yoga, they might do cat-cow more casually. In Kundalini, we're like, when the spine is warm up, you move quickly, you know. You're really moving and you're breathing and you're completely different after when you started for that final three minute inhale. And you can do, you could do this for one minute. There's lots of things you could do. Yeah. You can inhale, hold the breath in, 
mentally chant victory, 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 wherever you need it. And then exhale and relax. But this cat-cow, I think, will give a particular nervous system experience that um, has been proven to totally change people, even just three minutes a day. I know some people going through very difficult times right now. One of my clients, and uh, she's like, all I can do is wake up and do the cat-cow. And I swear it's like whole, it's holding me together. You know, it's holding me together. It's three minutes. You know, it's holding my whole day together in her point of view. That's so beautiful and so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing this. And I have a last question for you. I always ask, what makes you or what made you your most victorious you? Uh, honestly, what comes to mind now is the breath. I just adore and I love the breath and the breathing exercises I do and taking a deep inhale and mentally chanting victory and knowing that at any moment I can completely change my state to one of victory with just one inhale. It's a life-changing, so powerful, so inspiring, just relating to my life force in this such short time that I'm here, just consciously inhaling and exhaling and knowing that I can command the whole world with this is is incredible. I love that, especially in the year of the number eight, the year of the pranic body. And as we are here, just share a little bit what you think about the number eight and the pranic body and this year, 2024. This would be so powerful. Yeah, so as you said, this is the year of the, the, body, the pranic body, which is the energy that rides on the breath. And um, the the eight is all you have to do is get the chi moving in the system and you're on the path. So you hit any stagnation this year, you come to certain roadblocks, you, you know, you're not where you want with your goals, your health isn't doing well, you know, your whatever is going on, any possible thing that's going on, if you can deepen the breath, relate to the breath pull up the, you know, Rama TV, YouTube, do a few minutes of breath with us. Um, you're just, you're back on it, you know? And if things are going really well and you're like, I think I might have, I think I might have the ability to take this to, to the next level I've always dreamed of more breath, <laughs> more, more, more of the prana, more of the chi. And that includes walking, that includes exercising, that includes nature, but As we know, the, the yogic tools are very particular in that they work very quickly and effectively. So if you do want to take it to what I would I call a quantum shift, like it's very rapid and it's outside of the normality of time, you add some kundalini breathing exercises to your life and this year will skyrocket you forward. And it's the year of um money, you know, prosperity, because More and more and more and more and more breath is more and more and more opportunity is more wealth. And the flip side of that is if you're not breathing or doing what what energizes you, then um, you might hit some hardship. So as usual, contrary to popular belief, do what you enjoy, get energy in the system, dance and breathe, and you will have a good time and achieve your goals. I really feel like this is this is how it works. <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful. And at last, please let people know how they can find you. 
My Instagram is uh, Pritam Siri, P-R-I-T-A-M-S-I-R-I. And then I have a YouTube channel, which has some some interviews. I'd love to interview you. I was doing some, love to interview you, Isabel. I'm doing them in person, but maybe I'll do some virtually or I'll come visit you. Um, but you can have the YouTube channel, Pritam Siri YouTube, Pritam Siri Instagram. And then um, I have a complimentary live class every Sunday on Rama TV at 11 p.m. U.S. Eastern time, um, but it, it's uploaded thereafter. So there's all sorts of ways. If you just follow along, you'll see opportunities to participate and learn and just um, grow with me as we go into this year. So wonderful. And last, I want to congratulate you for your pretty, not pretty, your beautiful, powerful, and so extraordinary show, the Pritam Shiri show i love it i didn't watch everything yet but i absolutely can recommend you my beloved audience to listen to pritam siri and her incredible guest she is amazing what you could hear now and thank you so much for being with me tonight and or for you it's midday sending you so much love to new york and lots of love to everybody listening and a big angelic hug for you and everyone else. Uh, bless you all. Thank you deeply, Isabel. Bless your work. Satnam. Satnam. I absolutely love this conversation with Pritam Siri. It touched me deeply in my heart. And I truly hope you felt similarly or even the same. I love the teaching about change the way you eat and change the way you dress and your life changes. It seems to be so simple, but there's so much wisdom within. And of course, I also love the transcendental teachings about sexuality. There was so much profound wisdom in it. I could go on and on and on. So many pearls of wisdom in this conversation. And I truly hope this episode, this conversation helps you with your own life and helps you on your path of awakening, your path of healing. And if you liked this episode with Pritam Siri, please let me know on social media and share the episode with your friends, your loved ones, and everyone who could benefit from it. Share it in your stories on Instagram and rate and review it. This would mean the world to me. And remember, miracles are possible, always and everywhere. Till next time.